Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, July 17th, 2022. Coming at you live from Floored Media in Rockville Center. Big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Chris Botta of Hockey Press Pass will be joining us. Lots to talk about, plenty going on. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? Oh, hey, that's me. I'm good, Shawnee. What's going on? It's, we're in new digs now. I like it. New digs. It's summertime. Uh, going to have a good time in the show. Yeah, I mean, this is audio only, so people can't see it yet, but it'll be it's exciting stuff. We got some fun stuff coming up. So before we do dive into that, I want to remind you all that we are proud to be sponsored and presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center, as well as... Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena in Belmont. Also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company, located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay, the creators of the Barn Rocker Session L, right here. Well, nobody else can see that, but we can. <laughs> It's right here. It's right we're, here. We're drinking us. them right now. Yes, we you are. You can believe us. I'll They're take wonderful. A sip. They're delicious. So, with that take out of sip. the way, let's get into a Christian. Obviously, free agency has come and gone. Yes. A lot of excitement around that, but uh, a lot of excitement much, around the rest of the league. Pretty much everywhere, but on Long Island, <laughs> and that's that's why we're here. That's why Chris Botta is here to talk to us about what didn't happen in Islander country. So, you had a lot of big names on the board. The first of which is obviously Johnny Gaudreau. The Islanders apparently were in the mix there. They were a finalist, as they like to say. And uh, basically coming out of nowhere, the Columbus Blue Jackets pick up Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, it certainly was a blow for, I mean, A, I think it was for some Islander fans, it was to be expected because they were just expecting the worst and they didn't think that Gaudreau would come through. There's a lot of disappointed Devil fans that thought Johnny Johnny Hockey would be in New Jersey because of the right? Jersey roots and uh, the fact that Philadelphia was never going to happen. They just didn't have the cap space. The, the general manager just didn't seem like he was committed to getting it done. And so New Jersey would have been the next best thing. He wants to go to an Eastern Conference team. He wants to be closer to home. All, right. all Everything we've heard basically up until that day of free agency. And then Columbus coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Which I guess it wasn't out of nowhere because it seemed like that was something they were working on all day. And then it got to the point, what was it, 6, 7 o'clock where... Yeah, it was right about 7 o'clock, I think. The announcement was finally made and... Um, that was something it seemed that they were working a lot to get done behind the scenes to make sure that this was a deal that could be pulled off, that they had the cap space, that they had the personnel to make it all work. And um, yeah, it was a blow to Islander fans. That was a guy that I think a lot of people circle. And I think a lot of people assume that when things kept getting dragged on and dragged on and dragged on that, mm -hmm. hey, that's got to bode well. That's got to at least bode well for the Islanders because yes, everyone said, oh, he's going to sign with New Jersey. It's a done deal, this and that. And the longer it took, you're like, all right, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's some hope here. Maybe there's some hope here. And then Columbus coming out of left field. I know he took less money to go to Columbus, even from going from New York or, or New Jersey. So certainly an interesting turn of events. It's so strange to me because, I mean, even if you're looking at, you know, from a hockey perspective, right? And you think about where you want to go to win. Now, you, you can you make an argument. Maybe you're a little biased being in, on Long Island. But <laughs> you might say the Islanders probably have the best chance at winning right now. Then you look at the Devils. 
and they have an up-and-coming squad, a good young team. That would have been a fun team for him to go to, yeah. Yeah, and you figure in at least a couple of years, kind of like the tra trajectory that the Rangers were on mm -hmm. when they got Panarin, where, you know, maybe they're not going to make the playoffs this year, maybe they battle for the playoffs this year, but at least they'd be growing together, he'd be a star on the team, and he'd be closer to home. Right. And you would <laughs> think, well, Jersey, I, I thought that Jersey was the front runner from the get-go. I mean, so, that's what I think everybody thought, right? And then if, if it wasn't going to be Jersey, then yeah, I thought it would probably the Islanders had a decent chance. And for Columbus to kind of come out of nowhere here and just kind of swipe it away and say, sorry, guys, he's, he's with us. And for less money, it's because it, apparently New Jersey offered more money as well. Right. And I, I think the interest, well, the interesting thing is, all right, Jersey, you could kind of understand because if he wants to win a championship sooner rather than later, you know, you're going to take Jersey out of the mix because they're still a couple of years away. I think, Johnny, I think you were the one that said it too last week, so give you credit where it's due. Thank you. But I think I don't do it often, and I will <laughs> not do it again ever. Um, sure. But when you look at New Jersey, they're a couple of years away, but he goes there. That's probably expedites their, their rebuild, their retool, whatever you want to call it, a right. lot quicker, yeah, similar yeah. to Panarin, which is mm -hmm. the analogy used last week. But if he doesn't wait, want to wait that long, all right, New Jersey's off the table. The Islanders are the next best thing. Right the next best team with the cap space that fits all the criteria that you're looking for. So I think it's interesting. And I guess the question, I know I saw some people throw around, though, if Barry Trotz was here, maybe then he signs. And I, yeah, I, I kind of rolled that. my eyes at that. Yeah. But it does raise a question of why was it that the Islanders that are, that are a team that they had a re really, really rough season last year? Yes, but they still have a, 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 the chance and the opportunity to be a, a playoff team and, and maybe make a deep run next year if they can get all the pieces correct and um why is that a team that he wasn't interested in going to? That's oh, I, that's a little curious to me. What is it? What is it that he knows that we don't mm -hmm. know? Or, you know, what was what was that driving force behind him going to Columbus and saying this is a better situation for me right. than going to Long Island, where you would think on paper, even like I said, even with the rough season that the Islanders had. That's still a good team that if Johnny Goudreau goes there, right. it's a it's a game changer for them. Oh, 100%. I mean, it rounds out the top six. You, yeah. got, sco you got that score that they need, and, and they still have a very deep team. They're yeah. you know, deep at center, top to bottom. They still have they have a great young defense. The goaltending, yep. obviously, Sorokin and Varlamov is probably one of the best pairings, if not the best pairing in the league. And you wonder, what just what is it about the Islanders that he said, nah, no thanks, I'm going to Columbus. And I think that's, that's the curious thing, too, because now you look at that, you look at where the Islanders are, and... and there's it, a lot of question marks. You know, Rad, right. Ra, the Radulov tra trade has to pan out now. Really, really has to pan out now. Romanov. Romanov. That's right. We got yelled <laughs> at last week. Romanov. Um, and now the biggest, the other biggest part of all of this is getting that top six forward that the Islanders have so desperately needed for the last decade, probably since since Chris Botto was working for the since, team. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> since forever. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing. That's I mean, We've talked about it ad nauseum for right. years, and yeah. now um, this is really the year where it has to pan out because the Islanders' championship window is, you know, those guys that are part of the core that you, you and I have watched for so long develop into veteran NHL players who are, you know, we, we were so used to saying, all right, they're still young, there's there's a lot of talent going forward and there's still a lot of growth that window is closing and it's closing right. a lot quicker now than say a year or two because of everything that the team has gone through and sort of the i don't want to say inability but i don't know if there's another word for it the inability to kind of correct some of the holes that were so desperately needed to be addressed the last year or so that the islanders have not done right well as you said a lot of questions have now been raised yeah. after another failed free agency we'll say at least day one yeah i don't want to say failed because i <laughs> think it's that's, not over yet it's, you know, it has, it's the book isn't closed yet 
but if we get to September and we're still having the same conversation right. and we're waiting for, for the Islanders and Lou Lamorell to sign Zidane Char for another, you know, league minimum one year contract. then I think there's, there's some real issues. I think, uh, that that's really when you can say and judge where things are with, with the way the offseason went is closer to September. I'll give I'll give the Islanders a little leeway here still because free agency isn't over and there's still a lot of talented players on the market. True, but there's somebody here to help answer these questions that have been raised. His name is Chris Botta. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. We'll take that break. We'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash hockey night. You will be and, watching it someday. Yeah, eventually, yeah. at some point. We're, we're so, you know, it's just a script. You know, it's embedded in my brain. Yeah. But it's time for Sean's on the line. very simple-minded. Is what he's <laughs> it's saying. It's true. It's true. That's why I have these cards. <laughs> So it's time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. Our good friends over there joining us from Hockey Press Pass is Mr. Chris Botta. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here in studio. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Christian. Real pleasure to be here. Took the bike here. A nice, easy ride. Nice. And love the new digs. Looks fantastic. Thank you very, very much. So as you were sitting here and we were talking about free agency and what didn't happen with the New York Islanders, Johnny Gaudreau slips through their fingers, slips through the New Jersey Devils' fingers, goes to the Columbus Blue Jackets, there's a lot of, uh, we'll say, I don't want to say, I don't know, disarray or a little bit, some upset fans in in Islander country right now and kind of questioning, as Christian was just before, about what is it about this team that they can't 
draw big name free agents, right? And and very recently, you basically have three trials with this, right? Hanging on to one in John Tavares, uh, trying to bring in Panarin a few years ago. He goes to the Rangers. And now here we go, where they seem to be a finalist once again with another top flight free agent, decides to go somewhere else. What is wrong with the New York Islanders? <laughs> you know, I, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with the New York Islanders. I believe that there'll be a day where they will retain their guy, you know, whether it be Barzal or something like that. Um, there'll be another free agent out there. In the three cases that you name, we could really sit here for three hours and, and dissect them. But we know the real reasons uh, in, in most cases. Uh, what happened with Tavares in a way, is what Goudreau did to Calgary. Yeah. You know, by this, why these guys, when they don't have to do, and I know everybody says, oh, Chris, what were they supposed to say when they asked, um, do you want to stay here? There are ways, you just, I'm not going to talk about my contract. I'm not going to play the game. So, but he did. Right. You, you, you could find stories on NHL.com where Johnny said the same things. Johnny G, Johnny Hockey said the same things as Tavares. So these are three major cases. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's not an excuse. They didn't go their way. In the Goudreau case, you know, listening to you guys talk at the at the top of the show, mm -hmm. not enough focus, in my opinion, not on you guys, is on what went well and what it is what that we know. Mm -hmm. And what we know is that Blue Jackets president john davidson happens to be a charismatic liked guy that is yeah, point. okay let me clarify no reflection on anybody else who was bidding for him flyers <laughs> Islanders, okay? uh yarmo kikalena is clearly uh in that same category as well same thing with ownership unbelievably coincidentally because you know why go to hawaii but my wife and i just did a little vacation where we were in columbus for four or five days in okay. cincinnati for two or three some family considerations there and things like that and it's an incredible place it is a beautiful place to live <laughs> i can't you know I, I would have been the woody allen guy 40 years ago never moved out <laughs> never moved out of new york but 10 years from now, I could picture myself in Powell, in Dublin, in Columbus. It's that wow. nice. So let's give credit to the Blue Jackets for jumping in, recognizing a need. Oh, by the way, I think he's, they signed them for $13.75 million because they gave Eric Goodbranson a four-year, $4 million contract earlier in the day. There, there, there's something there i'm not a big conspiracy theory but you got to give me a break good branson is is not a four million he's not even close to a no, four he's uh, not even half no, of yeah. that so i think you know i think there was a lot of work done there mm. and congratulations to the columbus blue jacks blue jackets which of course leaves the islanders with a hole and that's unfortunate but now you move forward but Chris, how is the bacon, egg, and cheese in Columbus? The guy's not going to get a good bacon, <laughs> egg, and cheese. I mean, yeah, we'll be and that uh, <laughs> we were talking about on Twitter. There was this uh, kind of buffet place right across the street <laughs> that literally just closed a couple of weeks ago. Um, but there, yeah, he's he's going to do just fine. So um, I know it's gone round and round. The thing I find most offensive is Calgary being all hurt. You know, like I, they, I don't blame them for being disappointed, but sure. this you gotta be kidding me right response. yeah like, yeah he would go there that's a joke i would even go so far as to say like this is a franchise that's always kind of prided themselves and a town on being tough and daryl sutter being rough by the way i, I would like to think daryl sutter would would think it's really weak that, about all the whining in calgary i don't know mm. if daryl's talked but um this is the opposite of that pick stop stop it with the shots at Goudreau. He, he made the move that was best for him which is the whole idea of unrestricted free agency and i promise you at some point in the next couple of years the islanders will see the, the positive of that as well 
Yeah, and I think part of it is part of the disappointment for Islander fans is it seems like in all three cases that I brought up before, they were a finalist, and, mm-hmm. it, and it came down to the wire. Like if Johnny, if if free agency had started at noon and at twelve oh one, the announcement came out that he signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, wasn't expecting to get him anyway. But the fact that it dragged out to seven p.m., you have every you know all the the major names on Twitter saying the Islanders are involved, they're a finalist, they're in the mix, they're in the mix, and it's building up the hope. Building up the expectation. Philly's out. It's just Jersey and the Islanders. And then all of a sudden, maybe it's Columbus. But you're still feeling pretty good. And and for once, I think Islander fans, and, and you know, guilty as charged. You know, I'm starting to buy it. I'm starting to buy in. I'm like, Johnny Gajol might be coming to the Islanders. This is great. And and you get there to, to 7 p.m. And then all of a sudden, the announcement comes that he goes to Columbus. And I think that just made it a little more painful for Islander fans because they thought they thought they were there. And, and he was just taken away right at the last second. And I think it... It kind of helps to, um, you know, just increase the, the the pain, if you will, for Islander fans when they when they have something like that taken away from them at the last second. Like there's that. there's absolutely nothing I could say to you know ease that pain, mm-hmm. and it's all relative, of course. Right. Uh, the one thing that I would say though is that if we were doing the Islanders Point Blank podcast ten years ago, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even be in the fucking conversation about these guys. That's true. That's true. And and if they had a John Tavares, it, it wouldn't. You wouldn't have even had those stories about John talking yeah. about staying. Like right. it would have been like you know, remember Shaquille and Neil leaving Orlando after three. Whatever mm-hmm. it was like, you would just be, these guys would be gone. So it would be dealt the, at the, the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Does that get anybody anywhere? No. Right. But the pieces are there. They missed out on this guy. You know, the funny thing about Goudreau is like, I know fans were talking about him and media was talking about him as the season went on. But it in the days leading up to it, I know I tweeted about it the day before with some information about how they were going to make their, you know, a strong offer and mm-hmm. be in it or whatever. Right. But there, it actually didn't seem like there was a lot of buzz about Johnny Gaudreau in the days before. Yeah. And then reality hit when it became fairly clear that the Flyers, who are effed up beyond measure, um, <laughs> when it became clear that they really couldn't seriously be a, a player in this, mm-hmm. that, wow, there's reason for hope. And is it going to be Tommy Fitzgerald taking? And then Columbus came in. So, listen, it's really un- unfortunate, but um, it, it'll be important for them to get somebody. And I suspect that they, in fact, you know, I feel I feel highly confident that they will. And also they'll need to keep some of their pieces. And they have done that. I know, you know, Pelican, Pulak, and all those people don't fit that category, but there are players that continue to commit to this franchise and longer than they have to. Talking with Chris Bada here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Chris, you kind of led into my next question, actually, and that was, all right, so Johnny Goudreau isn't coming to the island. Who is coming to the island? Because as Sean and I were talking about coming into it, this is a crucial offseason for the Islanders. There's a lot riding on it, especially after the year that they had last year and sort of the the pressure on, on I, would, I would imagine, the pressure that's on the front office. So there are a few names that are still out there. Nazem Kadri obviously, is now sort of the top of the list for... I think most teams, when it comes to free agents, where do you see their focus now shifting? Is it a Nazem Kadri? Is it a trade, perhaps? I know if Tarasenko's name is now back in the mix because we didn't talk about him enough last year, so he's going to come <laughs> back around this time. Um, I heard they're in on Kyrie Irving at this point, too. Everyone's in the mix at this point. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Tarasenko would be in the yes category. Okay. Um, you know, I can't help but think that at some point in the next week or so, we'll wake up or we'll find you know we'll hear about a happy surprise 
Kadri, I don't. I just don't think his focus is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's elsewhere. Although the Islanders are, you know, are making offers and are in that. I know that. Um, I, if you had asked me this, Christian, you know, a week ago, I, I would have said absolutely no to J.T. Miller, hmm. a J.T. Miller trade, and I even tweeted, I think, when asked, just in the replies, and who reads the replies? Like, well, except for me, um, <laughs> which was a big mistake, by the way. Um, uh, I, I tweeted that I feel like it's dead now. Like, once Lou said, go ask Vancouver, yeah. like, and I don't know if he said it that way, but in my head, I want to hear him. I picture him saying to Kevin Kerr's, go ask Vancouver. <laughs> uh, I, usually when that happens, that means it's dead. But Lou's a gentleman, most just as importantly, Jim Rutherford, the president of hockey operations for Vancouver Canucks, is a gentleman. Mm. So even if Patrick Alvin, the, the general manager or the assistant general managers, which Kemi Granado uh, is one, uh, you know, even if there's some with some things that broke down with the Islanders and perhaps with other teams, I'd like to think that now that free agency is over and now we're in this next stage of trades that that's a conversation that could be had again. I still believe there's a trade there that could be made. And I really believe, it seems like it's pretty split in Islander country and and with uh, experts as to whether Miller is a fit or not. I would say on a, on a good trade, a fair deal for both sides and a five-year contract this, this coming year, which he, he's under contract for and another four, um, that speed, that hunger, that ability, am I expecting him to match last year's output? No, but would you right. sign up for a point a game for the yeah, next absolutely. three or four years? Everyone would. Um, so I, I, I'm, that's where my I'm keeping an eye out on is, is JT Miller in terms of first – for big, what I would call big fish, and, and Tarasenko, who's an even better player, in my yeah. opinion, is out there too. That, that's just such, that's such a mysterious one, Tarasenko. And the Blues, I remember Jamie Rivers coming on my show, and he does some work for the Blues, but he came on like in March and said, nah, Tarasenko's not going anywhere. Well, I guess we will see. I suppose we will. And and just to keep it on the, the trade talk for a minute, I mean, the JT Miller trade that apparently wasn't or was, however you want to put it, um, you would think that, that that first round draft pick was on the table prior to it the was. picks. Right. So that's gone now. And, and it's, I hate to, I'm sorry, I hate to be like that dick saying it was. I, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but this is something that I do know. I, I've been on your show three or four times. Sure. I, the only other times where I said I know something, I'd be like, well, yeah, I was standing right next to Neil Smith. Milbury, what's on that? This is like the only. All I could say is that these are these are real things. Gotcha. And if that wasn't enough, Elliot Friedman said so too. Right. Right. Okay. Right. I'll, right. I'll shut. <laughs> no, no, Chris, never apologize <laughs> yes. for interrupting Sean because it's okay. fine. Thank you. You Thank shut you up. Question. I will not. Okay. Continue fair your enough. Question. So, <laughs> getting back to this trade, trade having thought. my bond rocker while you guys work out your thing. Yeah? <laughs> Wonderful. So getting back to this trade discussion, the, the first round is off the table here, and it's been well documented that they don't have a lot of trade assets. I mean, let's just face facts, right? You have Dufour, who had a standout year in the OHL. You have Atu Ratu. Maybe you have a Simone Holmstrom if you're talking about guys that aren't on the roster. And then after that, I mean, you might have to dive into guys that you still kind of need. I'm just curious of what kind of package they're going to be able to put together for a name like JT Miller or Vladimir Tarasenko now that that first round is off the table. Do they put next year's first rounder out there the fourth the, for the fourth year in a row not having a first round draft pick? Is that is that a route they might go? The way that they are currently constructed, there is such a need there that it, it is somewhat desperate times. 
um, we get it. Right. It'll leave them bereft of a future. But then you, if you had got a Miller, got a Tarasenko, mm -hmm. you know this group you'd be riding on. I'm also not here to endorse the trading of Oliver Wallstrom. Mm -hmm. I'm not a scout. I, I can't project his future or sure. anything like that. I also just, whether it's one of these kind of deals, I'm not convinced that they wouldn't trade him in a, in some deal. He's never mentioned as one of those guys, but even, you know. Right, I agree with uh, you. More established media than the three of us say. Um, I, just, I just can't rule that out because, you know, I've just seen it so many times, yes, with the Islanders, but also other teams when there's that young player and he's still, you know, you don't want to trade him too early or whatever, but there's just, every, right? We see this with all of our teams yeah. in New York. There's that player who just never, like, why isn't it not working for him? You know, why or why isn't he getting his chance here? That, that is possible that that can happen with Oliver. It, it, it's interesting too, because he is, it, and it, but the Islanders, I feel like that's always such a, hot button issue because for years it was always you don't want to trade him because he's going to be in that you know when, we're, when you're talking about you know guy guys years ago you know that there's the same conversation Bertuzzi's an easy one yeah right? you know, uh, example same yeah. conversation thank you he chris Catello is struggling to come up with the name <laughs> um but how do you i guess how do you get past that point because i feel like now if there's a trade where you're looking at a tarasenko or, or maybe it's jt miller and there's something else in that package that makes it worth it you know, I guess, how do you evaluate what is worth getting rid of a prospect like Oliver Wallstrom, who who has shown flashes of being really successful and that he could be something special on this team? What you, what you do, and, and let me be clear, this isn't like, you know, lessons from like Milbury or like that, <laughs> but just being around all of it, right, is if it's the right deal, you don't convince yourself that Oliver's not going to be good. You, you actually, you, you, you make the judgment that, listen, I, I think this kid is going to right. be X, but, and I, and if I, but if I can make this deal, this is all still worth it for me. I don't think Lou Amorello, Ken Morrow, uh, Pellegrini, Chris Amorello, the, the whole gang there, Cairns, who's, you know, player development, who they're going to want everybody's opinions on projections. I don't think they're sitting there saying, well, no, we, in the end, we just be training a 12 goal scorer for a 30. Uh, if it's the right deal, uh, you you do it, and uh, it's if it's the right deal <clears throat> and the play you're getting, you have then under contract for a couple, more right. than a few years. So you know, to Garth's eternal credit, the year that I was with him there, I was with him for two, but mm -hmm. I was there, um, and he called me downstairs to tell me about the Ryan Smith trade. Like in that case, um, in cases of Robert o uh, Robert Nielsen and O'Mara. Ryan O'Mara, I can't right, yeah. his first name. <laughs> they made the projection that, I will say in that case, they were just like, it was worth it because that was a rental. Right. But for right, somebody right. who's not a rental, you know, if you're going to get somebody for many years, you make the trade. Right. And and just you, you talk about desperate times here for, for the Islanders, and I think it's for a multitude of reasons. I mean, not only do they have this window they have to look at with veterans like Andrews Lee and Brock Nelson, they're, they're on the wrong side of 30. They're, they're not going to yeah. be 20, 30 goal scorers forever. And that window is going to close. And I think that puts a little more of an onus on Lou that he has to kind of take advantage of this window he has now with this team as constructed. And also, this is year two going into UBS Arena. And they obviously did not do well in the first year. That that was a. I mean, look, you you know all the the different 
you know, things that happened throughout the year that might have led to or helped to cause the fallout and, and missing the playoffs and, and obviously having a, a failure of a season. Let's, let's call it what it was. Yeah. And now, you know, you, you, they, you probably lost some season ticket holders already as a result of that. So I think there might be a little extra onus here, you know, on management to make sure that they're winning hockey games this season. So it, so does that make them even more desperate to try to fill that building and get those tickets sold? Yeah, uh, not, it, it won't be a little Amarillo consideration. That's obviously his just the way he handles himself, and, and that's understandable. But a, a move, they need to get better, and it, there, are, there is a time where getting better on paper is helpful. If, they, if it's just a status quo, um, there's going to be seats available. Then it comes down to winning. Uh, you know, we get that. The thing that I want to caution against that I see, I've seen a lot lately, is there's going to come a point where the store closes. I think I said the NHL store will close at some point. Right, right, you know, right. When after the first day of the draft, then there was this. Well, it's only the first day. You know, there could be a lot of. Well, actually, no. I remember. A, uh, we acquired when I was there, John Van Beesbrook on the second day of the draft in 2000, 1999, whatever. Islanders and, legend, John Van and a, Yes. And another, <laughs> and right. another general manager came up to us and said, we don't make, you don't make trades the second day. <laughs> we, you know, like we, we, everybody's looking to get out of town. Um, there's a re, you know, so now we look at free agency and you know, how many notes did we get back from, from a well-meaning, passionate, God bless them fans saying, well, it's just the first day. Right. Well, right. what's happened since that first day? Right. I get it. Nazem still available. John Klingberg's still available. There's, there's a few, you know, some guys still available. Nino's still available. Mm. Um, but I, you know, this isn't trades can be made in August. There can be moves, but this isn't a thing where, um, eventually it ends and 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 to think that this is going to go on much longer that there's always going to be some guy out there for the Islanders I would very much caution about that I'd also caution about like Patrick Kane I don't think he's coming here play I, I hope you get to play back the tape and make fun of me saying that <laughs> sure. but Kane has a lot of say in where he goes yeah and I don't think he's coming here I would not want to be prepared for disappointment for that I think it's more likely like Rangers at the trade deadline so you have to go out and get your guys. My concern with um, media, with fans, with that we've kind of gotten into this wishful thinking uh, phase, not just this last week or so, but in general. Oh, okay, Chris, but he's going to do this. Or, Chris, it's July 17th. I'm just talking about the stuff I get back, right? Is that, <laughs> you know, when they didn't get the guy, you know, in the LA, involved in the LA Minnesota trade. Oh, well, there's 18 right. guys who are better than him. Well, they get, okay. Well, we're now sitting here. Right. Like, there comes a point where, like, if nothing happens by the end of July, I could tell you, August hockey people, Bob McKenzie, July 1st at 8 o'clock, he's off to the cottage or what's <laughs> off to the better. <laughs> right, Pierre right, Lebrun, yeah. there's a reason for all this. And the people who work in the game, not Lou, because his dedication is unparalleled, but the other GM scouts, a lot of them in August, they, they, there isn't much happening in August. So much so that when I started hockey pod, uh, hockey press podcast and had this great idea that maybe I'd get a bunch of interviews in the can in August, I had people like Elliot and Ray Ferraro and, and Pierre LeBron say, I love you, Chris, but I, I don't even want to think about <laughs> hockey in August. So eventually the store closes, at least for a little while.
Yeah, and speaking of that, sorry, Chris. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Just to just to expand on that, and I think that's where some of the unrest from Islander fans came to, is that they hung on so long in those sweepstakes for Johnny Gaudreau until 7 p.m., yeah. and you're saying name after name coming off the board, Giroux, Perrin. I mean, there's a there was a, basically a laundry list of names. You said, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't have minded the Islanders getting that guy, and they're all gone and off the board because apparently Lou is still trying to get Johnny Gaudreau, and now he's left holding the bag. He's got nobody. And now, as you said, a little bit of desperation here because it's not only it's not only they didn't get the, the, the main guy that they were going after, but there's not a lot of guys left on the board to go after. And, and, I, and, and I feel like now he really has to pull a rabbit out of a hat here to, to get you know a player who's going to not only satisfy Islander fans, but also just you know get them back into that Stanley Cup contention that they were supposed to be in last year. What I believe will happen is that he'll knock on the door for Miller and Tarasenko. And if something like that doesn't work, I believe what will happen is he's going to get somebody from, let's not call it column A, let's call it column B plus, and somebody from column B, Mm -hmm. a forward and a defender, uh, of which there are people we we named already, Mm -hmm. some who are still UFAs. And even though it's not going to be, you know, widely celebrated, when you, when everybody then puts up the lines, mm-hmm. as you will, I'm sure, Sean, uh, what, what I think they'll <laughs> look like, and everybody look, it all looks a little better uh, because Wally's still on the team, right, and he's here, and okay, wow, having Nino, for example, being here makes us look better. Getting that other defender, okay, well now that fourth uh, line of two defenders is Salo and somebody, and that makes sense, Hutton, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I believe will happen by the end of this month. Talking with Chris Body here on the line, brought to you by our great friends over at Thai Technology. And Chris, I wanted to pivot the conversation a little. We've talked about Lou in terms of what he's been trying to do, but in terms of Lou's, I guess, position with the organization, I believe I saw somewhere, I forget where, I want to say Dave Pagnota, but I'm not 100% sure if that's right, that Lou has about a year left on his contract with the Islanders. Considering the circumstances that the team is in and the organization is in, as Sean and you have both alluded to, the fact that this is a very important offseason, this is a very important season for the team going forward, where is the, I guess, leash for Lou Lamorell before Islanders ownership, John Ledecky, Scott Malkin say, we need to go in a different direction because thanks for getting us to this point, but we're, we've hit, a, hit a, an impasse, if you will. So it's interesting that you brought that up, Sean. A question. Sean doesn't ever bring up anything interesting, so I don't know why. why, why we, well, why, guys, uh, why, have a great night. Chris, you're welcome why. back on the podcast I, I anytime, by the way. <laughs> um, the thing about Lou having a year left, and I believe I've seen Andrew refer to it too, mm-hmm. I actually, I don't know that to be 100% true. Okay. So, and, and I don't know if we can say we know that right. to be 100% true. Uh, he he was hired. What we know is that Barry Trotz did have a year left on his contract. Right. I think there's some sort of assumption that those contracts were aligned. But what we also know is that Lou never even wanted to talk about Barry's deal when he right. had two or three years left. Right. We don't know 
that after winning GM of the year twice in a row, as uh, Mr. Ledecky pointed out in these great runs, we don't know that Lou went to Scott Malkin and, and, and said, I'd like a few more years left right. on my deal. We don't know if they don't, you know, you talk about legends of what Mike Milbury's contract was, what Gart Snow's contract, right. I mean, the stories I've heard about Snowy. You know, <laughs> he's still getting paid. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a piece of this, you know, God bless him. Um, but uh, so I'm not I'm not ready. It feels like one of those things that a, a, a good journalist uh, brought up once and now has taken on a, a life of its own. When it comes to Lou, you know, Lou at New Jersey, we never knew what he yeah. had as right. the ownership change. He was and, and his power at New Jersey uh, talk about unparalleled, you know, at times owners brought in other executives to work with him you know, on the marketing side, mm -hmm. things like that. And it, Lou still controlled, had ultimate say over marketing, not some wizard that they hired to be the chief marketing officer. So, so there's that part of it. Right. Um, as for where things stand, uh, I know he has an incredible uh, positive relationship with Scott Malkin. Uh, I, from what I understand, for anything I've seen, heard, uh, Scott Malkin is uh, very much all over this in terms of caring, wanting to do right. the right thing. Um, do I think that Lou is, you know, day to day, or you know, there'll be a decision to make up to next year? I think the answer will kind of speak for itself in, in terms of, you know, based on results and there'll be some sort of secession plan, whether it's with Chris Lamorello or right. an agreement to go elsewhere. But I, like, I just don't think, you know, I, I get a lot of replies saying, oh, he's done after this year if they don't make it. I don't know I don't that. Know. And how many, and again, everybody's different, but everybody said, well, Milbury's got to be done. Then everybody right. says. Then everybody <laughs> good, said, good "Well, God. then Garth's got to be done," <laughs> right. and that actually never was the case, right? Um, finally, it happened with Garth, and it was fine. Both him and Mike got long runs at it. So I just, when it comes to that stuff, we don't know. And I'll just say again, I don't know that Lou Amaral has just one year left on his contract. That, I, if I was point. betting, I would actually say I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, that, and I think yeah. that's an interesting point, too, because it was, again, I believe it's Panyota. If it wasn't, I apologize to Dave. But other been on the people show. have also yeah. cited a people, re, writers closer to the team. I've seen those things as well. Chris. And I think that's the interesting thing, too, because the Islanders do, as, as you pointed out, they have a, a history of being very loyal for better or for worse to to general managers and i guess my follow question to that is i i guess how long before an ownership group goes finally says like all right you're you're a hall of fame general manager i get it but at the same time like the results just aren't coming anymore yeah they'll do it respectfully and you know when that time comes if that time comes they want to give lou every opportunity he's going to have this off season and, mm -hmm. and maybe next off season too there's so much riding as you've talked yeah. about you know it's really uh uh, well, that that everybody expects there to be a fix for this season, and then this is the group, guys. It's going to be for a while. Um, one of the just you know, and I guess it is something I'm sure I blogged about, and my stuff with Garth was well known, and I openly talked about my experience with Mike and his relationship. There is such an advantage for a general manager. It's probably the case in a lot of other sports too, but. There's a reason why the coaches keep on getting fired and the general <laughs> managers uh, don't. And if I was to really simplify it, I would say, and this is obvious, right? But when the game's going on, you know, 
the general manager could literally be standing next to the owner having a having a beer right saying or a glass of wine or whatever saying oh man you know what's he doing with the lineup or what's he, what's going on there it's just such an inherent advantage and you know, like why i know chris Doug Russo once famously asked Mike Milbury, how do you still have yeah. a job? I don't know how Chuck Fletcher still has a job, <laughs> even though he hasn't been there that long. The, the mismanagement is like off the charts. Well, how? Because he, he's the, the, the guy with ownership. So you talk about somebody with Lou, whose personality, with his work ethic, with his achievements, with his resume. That, you know, I, I understand why John Ledecky said what he said about him uh, the other day. But this is, uh, you know, he's he's gonna get more kicks at this. I yeah. the people who are replying to me saying, "Well, Chris, don't worry about it because if they're not good this year, he's gone." You don't know that. No question, Chris. And I guess, you know, we talk a little bit about what they might do. And I mean, I my concern now is just given what they have left on the table to potentially offer a deal. Is it going to be enough, not only for for Islander fans, but also to make no, this team competitive? Be. It won't be, but <laughs> this is the most depressed I've ever heard Sean no, in a no, while. No, no, it won't, it, but, <laughs> I'm a realist. But, but let's I'm a re- be, I mean, reality's hit me in the face. Right? No, I mean, no, no. It. But I want to be hard. clear. If I the, the question, I believe in the reason why I kind of cut you off. I could like the jerk that I am. Is, <laughs> the question was, will, isn't wasn't will it be enough for the Islanders? Is it will it be enough for the Islander fans? Oh, probably not. No, right, and that's right. what I'm saying. Right. No to. And that's okay because they right. come if they what if they did nothing and I keep on trying to say this and then you know why, why I read the replies the thing I've learned about Twitter <laughs> is that I often like it hits me that sometimes I wonder why people care what I think yet I care very much what everybody says at me and maybe I should try to uh, reverse that someday but no it's not going to be enough for the others because because. If they don't get Tarasenko and Miller, it'll be you know like kind of the, some sort of Nino right, yeah. Goody right. combination. Right. Um, I think the really passionate fans. And I actually have a question for you guys if we have time before sure. the show. Far um, away. The uh, we'll come back to that. But the I think the real passionate fans will be like, okay, well now I know this makes sense, and this team that was good before COVID and everything else that hit and the crazy schedule and the NHL screwing us over and all that. Uh, now you know this is a good team, and they'll win games and they'll be happy. So they'll when these moves do happen, the best thing that'll happen for the Islanders will be for the games to start. Yeah. Because the the, the, you know, the the virtual media guide won't look so great. The, the website <laughs> the website roster won't look that great. But the games will be played, and they're going to be a good team. Like I don't, I don't. Like, and this is where we disagree. And God forbid me being an optimist, but I think they're going to be a good team. For starters, they have a fucking goalie that stops ninety four percent of shots, yes. including a lot. Yes, he lets in one or a couple that maybe me and you could stop, but he also, <laughs> but he also stops like all the other ones. And this and three defenders maybe more mm-hmm. who are really good and you know there are enough pieces there but what it seemed like the question was is it going to be enough for Islander fans at the end of July when it's like okay this is pretty much the team right this isn't it isn't a waiver draft where we get Chris Osgood because we were last year before we were able to add Chris Osgood 20 years ago or whatever it was those things usually don't happen right um is it gonna be enough for the fans no doesn't mean it's not gonna be a good team I agree. I think it will be a good team to a certain degree. I do. But the, here's the thing is that the, the bar has been raised over the last few years, right? Two 
semifinal appearances, right? And last year was the mulligan. Okay, fine. You had a lot of things that didn't go your way. Okay, we, we hit the reset button, right? And this summer it was like, okay, time to get that guy. Time to get that guy to ride Shaco and Matt Barzell. And so far it hasn't happened. And until they do it, it looks like it may not. And you look at the field of names that, that seem to be available. Now, again, there may be a guy that nobody's talking about that all of a sudden a trade's announced. Lou Lamarillo gets so-and-so from this team. Oh, wow, where did that come from? Okay, great, happy days. But it just, the way I look at it right now, it just seems like it's going to be really tough for Lou to satisfy that need to, to, bring, to, to basically meet the expectations of Islander fans and, and perhaps just even onlookers throughout the league to say, okay, this is now a team that can get back to that place. It's a team that a lot of people predicted to win the Stanley Cup a year ago. Exactly. Seven months ago, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh, and rightfully so. And when I say a lot of people, I mean a lot of people and also people among in the game uh, saw them as a contender. And right now, they, they are not in that mix. Uh, I would set a timer for two weeks from today, uh, the end of July, and see where things are if they aren't then i would say you know what go please and and by the way it's just been this beautiful uh, long island summer and an incredible summer and i hope you and everybody enjoys it i would say if august one comes and goes you know pick it back up when camp opens and andrew and everybody's tweeting about how great those lines look and then <laughs> and roman off the surprise yeah camp, there you, you go know, oh my god wrong. <laughs> okay we're gonna and but I would, I would give this two more weeks to see what the moves are. I don't think a Tarasenko trade is going to happen on August 18th or August 6th. I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen the next two weeks. If if JT Miller, the Canucks situation, the agent, who's Bartlett, uh, whose family's been in this business for a long time, knows what they're doing, Jim Rutherford, all these good people can't get together and get something done the next two weeks, I don't think it's going to happen in August. So I would give this, I don't think this necessarily helps you because I don't know when you plan to do another podcast. <laughs> but I would say let's give this uh, two more weeks. It's, it, it's possible it won't be the wow factor, but it'll be the kind of trade, uh, kind of moves or signings that will make you feel better about the team. That's, you know, that's what we're looking for. I've been advocating for Nino Niederreiter and Ryan Strom for the last three weeks, and no one wants to listen to me. Well, Ryan Strom signed a deal. He's I know. That was now. disappointing. That bring, dead. bring Matt Molson out of retirement. Bring him back. Throw him on the top I just lane. got a job at Toronto. Yeah, let's give, give him a couple extra bucks. He'll come play for a get little a, bit. Get sure. a top six easily. Said then done. Get a top then, six. Then you can get Johnny and, back. And, and, and one day. Bring back Johnny T. Re, re, reunite the band to run it back 2015 style we shall see 2013 we shall style. see but chris you said you might have had a question or two for us it's yeah it's more actually it's kind of a, on the subject of replies and, and fans i don't know if i'm maybe was just very slow to this and maybe it's because i did engage more over the last year because i decided to do this podcast uh, do mm -hmm. a podcast uh, mm -hmm. thing but there seems to be a thing that I did not expect and that there are some fans, a decent core of fans who no matter what actually are unbelievably positive. Mm -hmm. Like people who come up and again, I'm, really? not I'm not talking about two or three. I don't know those people. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, people who like when I tweet the thing about, I, I said, lose some good things and bad things. This is where things stand right now. I think it's a fact that his best players, we could debate 
you know, Dobson, let's be clear, was drafted by Snowy's crew. Mm-hmm. He was with them that whole time. They went with their list. I know how those things work. They have Frank Gardner there. They, they, they stuck to the list, which I give them a lot of credit for, uh, for doing that when Lou could have just tore it up and brought in somebody and changed everything or whatever. Um, you know, we could talk about uh, Pajot, for example, or whatever. Okay, cool, great. But then, you know, like I'll still get a decent amount of everything's great, he's great, he knows what he's yeah. doing, give it time. And I don't think that, I hadn't seen that exist much in my, well, in the first 56 and a half years <laughs> of my life. <laughs> 55 and a half years. Cause, cause, so I just was wondering if you, and, and by the way, like, I wish part of me wishes I was that way, right? Like always positive about everything. Sure, sure. But there are some fans and they're not bots that seem to be um, sincerely want to defend the team to the death. Keep Varley, keep Bailey, keep everybody, run it back. What are you talking about? I'm on the keep you know? Bailey train. So this is <laughs> Josh so you, Bailey should have his number retired so, tomorrow. So okay. Uh, now we're really going off. Yeah. So 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 anyway, <laughs> by your reaction, I actually didn't know what you're doing, but you're saying you, this isn't something that you see or no, well, not. it's funny. I feel like we see a lot of the negative people. Well, of course, I, that's the majority of that. I, that's I'm the majority. majority. Yeah. And and I think I'd kill for the nice people. I'm, just, I'm surprised like by people. the volume of really, really uh, positive and defiant people. Now, part of me thing, and by, uh, I had I had a sorry, I just gave you one last thing. Um, I tweeted about uh, the cost of going to a game at UBS, which I get. Right. I'm not naive. I know what right. it's like at the Garden. I worked there for two years too. I know, mm-hmm. but um, and there was a lot of. I thought it was like a really helpful threat. In fact, if I worked for the Islanders, I would actually see some things there positively and negatively. I right. think would be if and it, it became something I didn't expect it to be. But there were some people that you know they were. It was almost like I was hurting them because uh, they took it as like a criticism of their investment and like the mm-hmm. money that they spent. So I, I feel like, I wonder if part of it is just fans being like, no, this is what I do. This is one of the, my things where I spend my heart on money, money and I love this team no matter what. I mean, it might explain New York Jets fandom to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm just, I guess I was just wondering, you know, your guys' experience. There's some fans that are just like, there's the mad ones after a loss, but there are people who just seem to be, they're there with them every way. And I think, I want to be really clear, I think that's awesome. I just hadn't seen it. It's funny because I think Christian will agree with me here is that I'm typically ever the optimist with this team. And I always try to look at the bright side of things and say, or, or if something negative, just plainly negative happens, I try to look for the why, you know, maybe this was out of so-and-so's lose control, whoever it was, whatever happened. Right. And so I'm usually that guy, but, but then I look at what's, what's happened over the last couple, couple of days with free agency. And there's no way for me to spin that. There's no way for me to paint Mm -hmm. that in a positive light. Like now now, uh, Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus, you know, Lou made it, may have done everything. He may have rolled out the red carpet, done a- everything in his power to get him. But at the end of the day, he did not. And it's his job to build this roster into a contender. And so far, as of July 13th, he's failed to do that. And I just have to look at it that way and say, okay, he's not getting the job done. But there's been so many other instances over the course of Christian and I doing this show where something negatively will go on. And I'll be like, yeah, but 
you know, and I'll try to come up with not not pull, you know, something out of thin air here, but say, hey, we have to look at it from another perspective here. So yeah. I can sympathize with those with those fans who who maybe maybe it is just this inherent subconscious need to defend your team, right? Like how dare you say anything negative about yeah. them? I'm not necessarily saying yeah, that, that I fall in that category, yeah, yeah. but but I do think there might be something to that where you know, and there's been a lot of positive things that have happened for this franchise recently, and there's there's been a lot of things to be happy about. Barry Trotz isn't the coach anymore, but <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, there's been a very good turnaround. They finally got their building. They 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 have a guy in Lula Amarillo who's respected throughout the league, mostly at least. Mm-hmm. And and I think that you know, fan, there's certain fans out there that want to just have reasons to to look good upon their their franchise. Mm-hmm. And I guess you know, Twitter being the place that it is, they they feel the need to chime in and, and say what they yeah, have to say. And, and, and I welcome all opinions, of course, and, and I've just been surprised uh, by the volume of it. And I, I guess using my two-week, you know, set the alarm clock to see where things stand, I, I would say to them, and maybe even I will, like, okay, well, now what, right? But there's, there's, a, there's a real deep belief, not in the team winning, but in a deep belief that things are going to get fixed and that there's going to be a move and, and, and stop the negativity when you just kind of say something that's pretty flat. Right. Um, and uh, I love it. I wish it was around, you know, when I was working with Mike Milbury all those years. <laughs> and no, no matter what, that trade was good. You know? Yeah, um, that would have been <laughs> tough. That was, that's a tough sell. That's I'm a tough sell. Here, but some of the things <laughs> I'm seeing, like, you know, I don't, this is kind of a different thing, but, you know, I feel like everybody's going to tell me they can't trade Varlamov. They can't trade. They, they'd be crazy. <laughs> they need it. They'll go until he's actually gone because they have to move him. Right. And then they'll say what a great move it was. Yes. Right, right, right. They, yeah. they cleared so, the cap space. They yeah, brought in so and so. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, like, I usually don't go there with like trying to think about fans or even pushing back. Sure. But it's been enough of a interesting trend to me that like i sit there and i go wow this is like really something like i feel like there's nothing that could be done um that some folks won't stand up for the team and that that is really really great so i think it's interesting too because i think part of that and, and you see it i guess more than than i do or, or sean and i do is that i would imagine it's probably maybe some of it's a younger segment of fan too and when you think about the last really the last 10 years or so if you're a younger Islander fan, you've grown up essentially with the team being competitive and getting better and then the change in, in management and ownership be- and becoming basically a cup contender in the last two, three years as well. And so really your experience as an Islander fan, while there's been a lot of heartbreak, but you look at 2013, 2015, 2016, um, 2018, 20, like all these years, the team has been in the playoffs and been competitive and had um, you know, good players and, and good talent around them. So you can look at it as they've seen and grown up, not like Sean growing up or even I growing up when I was a fan and, and watching the team. That was Those were bad teams. And, like, you kind of have an affinity for them, but they were, you know, they were some rough hockey to watch. The younger gener- generation of fan, which has now grown up and now a consumer of Islanders merchandise and tickets and all that, they have a more optimistic viewpoint because they've seen the team be somewhat successful for the last 10 years or so. I'll make this really quick because I'm sure you want to wrap me up, but um, I think you both made great points. And uh, to what you say, that that makes a really great point, Christian, in that this is a team that was in the conference finals two two straight years, except for this one this past year. You could look at the roster and and talk about that it's essentially the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
why should that change? It's just because this year happened. So um, I can understand that. It's great points. I appreciate it. Great points, Christian. Look at us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have them every once in a while. That's, we why, need I, to... that's why I asked. <laughs> well, Chris, we cannot thank you enough for yeah, coming down you. and joining us on the show, giving us all your time. We really appreciate it. Fantastic stuff. And uh, hope to have you on again soon. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Christian. So once again, thanks for tuning in. We're going to take one last quick break. We'll wrap the show. Thanks a lot. We'll be right back. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are once again hanging out with Hockey Night in New York. Sean Cuthbert, Christian Arnold. Big thanks to Chris Botta for joining us. Now, Christian, before we wrap this thing up, yes. wanted to get your view on on basically the state of the aisle <laughs> right now. What what didn't go right and what. What are they going to do to to make up for this? I mean, we got some great points from Chris, but where do you think where do you think it's going to go here? It's it's a great question because I mean, the jerk in me really wanted to just say it's all downhill from here. Might as well just move <laughs> the team to Quebec City at this point. Right, tear down UBS and make you it love, a, you make love it a chaos. You you I do love, you chaos, love pissing off Islanders. No, no, let's I, just call I mean, it what it is. I enjoy getting in people's skin. No, but seriously, <laughs> to answer your question in, in an actual serious manner, um, please. I think that. Tarasenko, I think the JT Miller is still very much on the table at this point. I think there's still something there. You know, when, okay. when you look at the chatter that's still kind of involving the Islanders and Canucks, something still is there. Even with Lou's kind of go ask Vancouver's general manager comment at the draft, which was which was an interesting thing in of itself. And yeah, um, it's Lou. 
I know, but if I'm if I'm you know the other side, I'm like, you know what? I am actually deleting your number and changing my phone number. <laughs> but I mean, I think the door is still open there for something to occur. Tarasenko is interesting to me because we spent so much time talking about him last year and all the negatives and the positives and of that what was going to come with him and and why it didn't why it made sense for him to be an islander but at the same time there was there was a lot of question marks um i think this time around there's not as many question marks as far as what he can bring to the table and um quite frankly he's probably the best option right now for the islanders to really make that splash and i think that's kind of what it comes down to as well nazim kadri as much as i'd love to see nazim kadri in an islanders uniform mm-hmm. i'd love to i'd love to have seen him in, in an islanders uniform when he was um, you know, a couple of years younger when, when number 91 was still on the Islanders and mm-hmm. um, you had that opportunity there. But I, I like the game he played. He obviously played such a big role for Colorado during the right. cup run. And right. I think that would go a really long way. I understand the Islanders have a bit of a, uh, you know, a number of centers that makes it a little a little tough to kind of squeeze right. someone in there like that. But for someone like Nazem Kadri, you make room or you move a guy over. You can find someone to play the wing. You can rotate some of those guys. Maybe... You know, when you look at having to shed some salary, you know, Josh Bailey is someone you look at, or, um, you know, if you have to try and move a roster spot, maybe Oliver Wallstrom is a guy you end up moving. And right. I think he's on the table, sure. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that's not on the table, basically, for the Islanders. Maybe maybe like a Brock Nelson a or an Anders names, Lee. Yeah. Ilya Sorokin, obviously, is right. not going to be on the trade table. But uh, I don't think right now, if I'm Lou Lamorello, I don't think there's anyone that's not on the table. I mean, I, I know where everyone kind of views this point. I'm very concerned of where the Islanders are. Romanov has to pan out, right? Oh yeah. That absolutely. has to work because they yeah. haven't, they haven't gone out and gotten another defender that can play a, you know, a second pairing defensive role. And so, and then it's a question of who plays your third defensive pairing role. Is that going to be up to par with how the defense has played in years past? Cause we're also kind of going off the assumption of, of Lane Lambert coming from the school of Barry Trotz that, right the system that they're going to run is going to be somewhat similar. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of what the chatter has been. Even when we had Brandon Burke on the other week, it was kind of the same idea. Not much is going to change for the most part system-wise, so you're still going to rely on puck-moving defensemen to create the offense and uh, a team that's very much a defensive first team in, in, to its core, and so you're not going to see those those a ton of offensive opportunities. It's going to be have to capitalize on the ones you do get, and that was something the Islanders didn't do last year, right? Right. So... That becomes a big priority. And then, of course, getting that top six forward that the Islanders have needed since 1997. Yes, since since the beginning of time. Yes. Right. Yeah, no, it's, you mentioned Kadri, and I think he's a decent consolation prize. I think, I think it would be... He's a good hockey yeah. player, and yeah. you, you, you talked about what he did for Colorado. I just don't know if he's the right fit, and I'd take him. You know what I mean? <laughs> especially given what seems to be left on the table, yeah. but I think I, I have to agree with Chris when he mentions name like, Names like Tarasenko and, and JT Miller. I think for me, Tarasenko's got to be the first guy. Oh, and yeah, 100%. Miller, I'd be good with too. And then after that, I feel like it's just filling the position for the sake of filling it with somebody, yeah. right? And again, unless there's somebody out there that we just don't know of that Lou might be able to pluck from somebody, but it doesn't seem like it. I don't think that's coming. I think that is kind of that wishful thinking category because. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, everyone kind of has an idea of who's available and who's not available. I don't think there's any surprises coming along where it's where it's you know wow that that guy was uh, not expected to be moved or that that's a guy that the Islanders were in on that nobody saw coming. I, I just think you kind of have an idea of what the team's needs are and and where they're where they're kind of positioning themselves at least to be somewhat competitive in in getting someone like a Tarasenko or a JT Miller. 
Um, I know I've seen Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane's name mentioned just because Islander fans are trying to figure out what the right. next move is. But I think that um, I think there's a number of reasons why that would be a bad move. Uh, I think that as great of a hockey player he is, mm. sometimes um, <laughs> there's a personality issue. I would say, or you know, a character flaw. I would say with him that okay. I don't necessarily know if the Islanders would want to bring into their locker room as mm. uh, you know because that that. What I think has always made the Islanders, and I think by extension some of these teams that have really been good the last couple of years in New York sports as a whole, um, has been that character and the and the closeness of the group. You look at the New York Rangers, for instance. That was a locker room that was extremely tight, close-knit. Reminded me a lot of the Islanders locker room for the last couple of years, actually. Uh, okay. I know that's going to not make Islander fans happy, <laughs> but I think that's a really big part of being successful in this market uh you, even you look at a team like the new york yankees sean they play baseball um use a bat and a ball and right glove. right that's right I, okay got it yeah the one thing about that organization and that team right now they're one of the best they are the best team in baseball but you go into that locker room it is all about the team and they have a number of superstar players in that locker room and it reminded me again of that close-knit group like the Islanders have had and I think that's something that really plays a part into what the Islanders build in their locker room and, and plays into a large part of their success as well well Christian more importantly I hear that the Yankees are a paper tiger I was speaking to <laughs> New York Yankee expert last night actually Michael Carver, Michael Carver yeah and he tells me yeah they look good now but October is when it matters and he said they're they're kind of a paper tiger how do you feel about that um, I mean, this is a hockey <laughs> podcast, so I will defer that. But I think the point I was trying to make is that I think when the Islanders go out and they look for, for, for roster moves, it's quality of the player and person that, that goes into a lot of these maneuvers as well. Without a doubt. And they're, they're going to have to do something right to do for, for all the reasons we've already discussed. Yeah. But also, everybody around them has gotten better. Yeah. You look at the conference, not just the division, yeah. but you rattle off Even teams New like... New Jersey, who missed out on Johnny Goudreau, they've made a they really good Pallot. moves. Yeah. Pallot, Pallot, who I would love to see in an Island Jersey as well. I think you would have too. Yes. Um, you know. Not to fill that spot we've been talking no, about. No, no, no. But, but yes, just, it would have great, been a great, great addition. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, you look at Ottawa, Detroit, the Rangers, yeah. Devils, Carolina, Washington. They all they upgraded. I mean, Pacioretty going to Carolina for nothing. Yeah. That happened while Lou was trying to get Goudreau. Like, right. imagine getting him for literally nothing, future considerations, whatever that right. is. Right. I mean, the, yeah. again, and, we, and we've talked about it too, is that it's really easy to go, why didn't they do that? And and lose defense and other general managers, why didn't they do that if they right. were able to peel Pacioretty away for next to nothing? You got to have two partners willing to dance, and it's not necessarily for sure if if that move would have been available for the Islanders, you know, right. That could have been it's where, easy to point fingers. At right. That, that could have been like, yeah. it, you know, you look at what the Islanders had and they said, we want the X, Y, and Z and lose like, you can have X, you can have Z, but yeah. Y is untouchable or another piece of that trade potentially is untouchable. And then they went away and then they, no one was else, no one else was worth making a deal like that. And yeah. they said, all right, this is the next best thing that we're going to get. So, and it's, I'd love to be in the general manager's position and, and yes. kind of know what those phone calls are like. Um, but, you know, we kind of had to just speculate. Well, we'll, we'll never folks, know what Lou is, Lou is doing. You're, you're going to have to stay <laughs> tuned. And according to our, our man, Chris Potter, he has about a two-week window to make something happen here. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> we might be a little disappointed. We'll see. But the summer rolls on. Hockey yeah. Night New York rolls on. We'll let you guys know we're going to do another program. But, folks, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. 
to the latest episode of Hockey Night New York. A huge thanks to Chris Botta of Hockey Press Pass. And of course, a giant thank you to our sponsors, RJ Daniels, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the Isles when you can't make it to the game. Huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena. Huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company, providing phone services for businesses across the country. And last, but certainly not least, Oyster Bay Brewing Company, located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. Go to OysterBayBrewing.com for 15% off all their merchandise. Use coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. That's us. Big thanks to you, Christian Arnold, for being such an all-around great guy tonight. Wow. Really? I didn't mean that. I know you didn't. That's why I was shocked you said it. Well, folks, you can follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Christian Arnold, I'm Sean Cuthbert. We will see you next time.